What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Huh. And we are playing Mythbusters here on the show as it pertains to the Miami Dolphins 2023 offseason assets with the offseason knocking on the door. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on your entry. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match up to $100. So today on the show, a little inspiration from the gloom and doom and sky is falling from the timeline. And no, I'm not talking about the end of the season because I'm right there with you as far as that goes. But over the course of the past couple days of doing the show and understanding the role that I fill in this community to be a voice, I can either sit here and feel sorry for myself, or I can start to lay the foundation and steer our attention and energy and discussions in a healthy manner to figure out how the Dolphins change the trajectory of what has happened over the course of the past month and a half. So what we're doing today on the show is the, the, the narrative that was discussed on Monday was the Dolphin salary cap for this upcoming offseason and how little the Dolphins are going to have at their disposal, how um, obviously that there's much that the dolphins have to do. And the, the pathway that the dolphins are on to end the season, I think very clearly raises some alarms and some flags and says, Hey, we can't just do the same thing. I don't think this is a tweak here and a tweak there. I mean, everybody's wish list looks a little different, but I would say at a minimum, we're probably looking at two new coordinators, a defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator. We're looking for a new place kicker just to keep things simple and then defensively, you're looking for overhauling the linebacker room. Um, you're looking at getting more depth in the cornerback room. You need a third safety who can play reliably high volume of snaps, and it's acknowledging Brandon Jones is also going to miss some, some significant time. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you probably need two starters, uh, or at least at minimum one starter, which you're going to have to bring somebody back that, that's scheduled to be a free agent. You need to overhaul the tight ends room. You need to figure out the, the running back room. And there's people who are going to have questions about the quarterback position and what the Dolphins do there. And do they try to make a change, like a big splash change, or, or do they give two of the fifth-year option? Do they not give two of the fifth-year option? There's, there's endless possibilities. Uh, the analogy that I make for all the Marvel fans out here, and if you're not Marvel fans, just please bear with me for a second, it's the multiverse. We are getting ready to enter into the multiverse, and in the offseason, the way that I best present that is by exploring all the potential outcomes and pathways and explaining the logic behind what we could do, how it would work, and what the pathways forward for creating a, a winning product would be from there. And then when you get to um, the end of the season and they stick the knife in, right, and you got to conduct the autopsy, then you ask, okay, here's what was supposed to happen and what went wrong. And that's kind of the stage that we are in right now. 
but we are very much looking ahead to spottrack.com and overthecap.com and seeing the Dolphins at negative six, negative $7 million in cap space, and the flags are going off. And it's uh, I've seen a couple couple guys of, of in the media space say that the Dolphins emptied the chamber. It's fundamentally not true. The Dolphins didn't empty the chamber, and, sal- and salary cap space for whatever decision that they want to make will be available to them. I think people forget this. And the salary cap is very fluid. It's like credit lines, right? And you can open up line, new lines of credit. You can redistribute the money. You can redistribute the bill and you can figure it out. And the Dolphins for the first time in several seasons, and you saw this a little bit last year, but this is a very different chapter. Uh, the Dolphins are going to be in a position where they're definitively in a win now window. They're going to want to continue to spend aggressively. They're going to want to continue to lock in young players as the nucleus of the team and get them under long-term contracts and finagle the guaranteed money and finagle the dollar signs in a way uh, that allows you to retain as much of that as possible and then get better players around it, right? And one of the things that I tried to impress when I was on social media yesterday was the Dolphins are at a definitively better place to move forward from right now than when they were when they froze the last competitive window. They're younger, they're more talented, they have more players on rookie contracts. They have more players on secondary contracts. Their best players aren't largely 32 to 36 years old like they were in 2018. The offensive line's better. The skill players are better. I believe we have a better quarterback right now, but there are questions about that player that will have to be answered in due time. The last four years don't have to be for nothing, but you have to get it right now. And I think what's fascinating is because of what has transpired over the last five, six weeks, everybody's going to be under the microscope. I'm as big of an avid uh, fan of the work that Chris Greer has generally done to navigate the rebuild as anybody. But if the Dolphins lose this game on Sunday and they miss the playoffs, I think everybody's job needs to be under the microscope. And change might be necessary in some spots, including people that we like and would like to continue to see having a role with the team because a different influence and a different perspective might be necessary to help this team break out of the cocoon that it is in into the team it is capable of being, that it showcased itself for the first 12 weeks that it was capable of being. It might be necessary. We'll see what happens. We're in the process of conducting that evaluation right now, but that's where this discussion comes into play for me because I want to look at the salary cap as it is defined for this upcoming season. So the Dolphins... Uh, the current cap credited over at spottrack.com is $229 million. It's a very large number. Uh, it checks in in large part because we are expecting the uh, NFL Sunday ticket revenue sharing dollars to kick in. That will uh, boost the cap to a level it has never been before. It's currently projected at $229 million. So the Dolphins um, have active contracts crediting around $235 million in commitments for next year, but they also have about $4 million in cap unused from this year to roll over. So it's about $7 million, and these numbers are exact but inexact because uh, of the fine print of so many of the player contracts themselves, and then you got to figure out bonuses and all that kind of stuff. But I say all that to say this. You could look at, well, they're top 51 contracts, and they don't even have 51 players under contract. It's minus $7 million. Holy cow. The Dolphins don't have any room to do anything. And I saw that discussion on the timeline. And I wanted to, to sit down and go through it collectively 
together so we can definitively say, no, it's not. And anything the dolphins want to do, the dolphins are going to be capable of doing because of the way that they have structured some of their contracts. Who? Well, it depends on what you want to do. Do you want to get rid of players? Do you want to restructure players? Do you want to trade players? Do you have to wait till June 1st to handle players? There's a whole gauntlet of pathways for the Dolphins to explore. I think the first thing I want to do, uh, but before we go anywhere, I just want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. That's what that's the first thing I want to do. Prize Picks is daily fantasy done right. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten extra money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available in house, with projections available in just about any sport that you can watch. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. With safe and fast withdrawals, it is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. You put in a hundo, they're going to give you another hundo. You're going to put in 50, they're going to give you another 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So what would you do if I told you the dolphin salary cap space can go from $7 million in the red to approximately $55 million in cap space by doing like eight steps and eight reasonable steps, not eight steps that like, wow, that's going to be really detrimental to your long-term like I kind of, if we're being honest, thought that Byron Jones's contract restructure last year was. That was not a move or a maneuver that I was particularly fond of. But here's the deal. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have an eight-step plan to get the Dolphins in from in the red to $55 million, over $55 million in cap space. And remember, cap space is not how much money you can write the checks for. Cap space is how much guaranteed money you are allocating for your credit line this upcoming season. The first thing is extending Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins is on the books for about a $10.5, $11 million fifth-year option. It's fully guaranteed money, but it is all base salary. So what the Dolphins can do is they can take that $10 million, just call it a round number, $10 million, they can sign him to a new contract. They can make the $10 million a portion of his signing bonus that he receives when he puts pen to paper, okay? And then if the contract is five years, let's say he gets a $25 million a year or a $25 million signing bonus. The $10 million fully guaranteed salary is absorbed into that signing bonus. And if it's a five-year deal, you go $5 million, $5 million, $5 million, $5 million, $5 million against the salary cap. So you just cut that salary cap hit in half. And then you would have a minimum salary that is attached to that. So you, theoretically, as the Dolphins, and that, that's just the elementary way to do it. You can even get more complex than that. The Dolphins could cut Christian Wilkins's cap commitment in about half just by signing him to a big money contract. People are going to say, wow, the salary cap's not real. I can't believe that's how that works. But that's how it works. It's salaries paid throughout the year versus money paid up front that can be prorated out. That's it. That, that's all the fine science there is to it. Now, there's different ways that you can pay players guaranteed money, and that gets into two of our next step, which is Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb. You envision these players are players that are elite football players in their own respective 
sense. I understand there's a lot of angst with Bradley Chubb right now from the fan base. I promise he's a good player in the same way that we thought Jalen Phillips might not be a productive player. And I say the collective we, not all of us, but there were concerns about Jalen Phillips's production. I understand that that exists for Bradley Chubb. I promise you there's a lot of defensive coaches across the league who would be licking their chops to have Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb on the same defensive line pass rushing together. I don't know what the blockade is. I have a feeling we're going to find a different coach to run that side of the ball this upcoming year and do some things fundamentally differently. But Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb. You can take Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is on the books for $31.5 million. But he's got a $16 million base salary. He's $5 million of signing bonus that was paid out last year when he signed the contract extension. And then the Dolphins gave him a $10 million roster bonus. $10 million roster bonus. You know what the easiest way to do is? That roster bonus is if you're on the roster at point X, we're going to write you a check for $10 million on the spot. Does anybody think Tyreek Hill is not going to be on the roster next year? Does anybody think Tyreek Hill is probably not going to be on the roster for the next three years? You take that roster bonus, that's $10 million fully guaranteed, and instead of having an arbitrary date, you rework the contract and you convert it from a roster bonus to a signing bonus, and now you can prorate it out. And you can do the same thing with the base salary. He's got $16 million. So instead of saying, hey, Tyreek, you want a million-dollar game check after every game we play this year? You could say, hey, Ty Tyreek, do you want a $200,000 game check? And we'll give you the rest of the eight hundred dollars you would get from all the games up front and convert all that money over. If you max restructure Tyreek Hill's contract, his cap hit would go from $31.5 million to twenty. So I extended Christian Wilkins, gave him a big money contract, and did fine print work on Tyreek Hill's. And we just manufactured $17 million in cap space. Now we're plus $10 million. You can do the same thing with Bradley Chubb. And his cap hit, if you max restructured it, would go from $22 million to seven and a half. That's another 15. I'm not a huge math guy, but I can dial that one in. Because he's got a $19.4 million, $19 million base salary. If the Dolphins want to commit long-term to Bradley Chubb and say he's going to be on the roster for the next three years no matter what, you can do that and not look back. And now all of a sudden you have opened up uh, about $25 million in cap space. Then there's players you could cut. Jason Sanders, there's some fine print we're trying to work out in a conflict between overthecap.com and SpotTrack, but you could definitively save about $1.5 million for sure, if not uh, the, the entire salary that he's owed. So you can manufacture some space that way. Durham Smythe. You could cut Durham Smythe off the roster and you could save $3.5 million. You could cut Keon Crossan, who's been a fine special teams player, but he's been pushed into action. I think we all see the ceiling that exists here. You could save $3 million there. You could cut Seathan Carter and save $2 million. Got a couple more big ticket moves. Ideally, you'd like to find a trade partner for Cedric Wilson. You trade him for a future seven effectively give him away, but you have to trade him because his salary is guaranteed. If you cut him, you're going to be on the hook for the salary. So you need somebody else to absorb the contract. So those negotiations will say, hey, Miami, uh, we really need some wide receiver depth. We think Cedric Wilson, based on his tape in Dallas, is pretty good, but uh, that money's a hard pill to swallow. Say, okay, like, do you want to do a pick swap, late round pick swap? Take it off the books. Maybe the Dolphins have to eat a couple million of it. 
But at the very, like at the maximum, you could save $6 million by trading Cedric Wilson. And we know what that production's looked like this year. And then give the team credit um, for how they structured the Emmanuel Agba deal. Obviously, when this came out, uh, that Agba was getting a contract, and it's obviously unfortunate he suffered a torn triceps, was not himself this year. Um, but next year, he has a $15 million base salary. Uh, he has his 2023 salary is fully guaranteed. The Dolphins, if they keep Agua under contract for next year, they can get out after the year with just $4 million in dead cap on a four-year $65.4 million contract. But if you can find a trade partner, and it doesn't matter if it's pre or post June 1st, if it's pre June 1st, you save more money. If it's, or you save less money. If it's post June 1st that you trade Emmanuel Agba, you save over $15 million against the cap because you have somebody to absorb the full $15 million base salary that's fully guaranteed as was dictated by the contract when they signed it. If you go pre June 1st, you save 11.3. There's a little bit more that you absorb upfront in the calendar year of 2023. That would probably be trading a player for cheap, but the win would be getting the money now because the other big move that there is to make involves Byron Jones. So in summary, you can go from negative $7 million in cap space projected as things currently stand, restructure Tyree Kill and Bradley Chubb, that's about $25 million in cap space. If you max restructure those two guys alone and nobody else, Find trade partners for Cedric Wilson and Emmanuel Agba. Cut Jason Sanders, Durham Smythe, and Seathan Carter and rework the tight end room with players that fit the system. And extend Christian Wilkins. And you can go from negative $7 million in cap space over $55 million. Could be more if you trade Agba post June 1st. I'd be apt to get him out before June 1st and clear up the space for free agency spending. That doesn't include decisions on Byron Jones and Jerome Baker, which I think are your two post-June 1st decisions that you can make. But if I told you you could manufacture about $60 million in cap space by getting rid of Jason Sanders, Durham Smythe, Seath, and Carter, Cedric Wilson, and Emmanuel Agba, and signing a couple guys to rework contracts, is anybody mad about it? Does anybody think we're prohibitive in what we can do? I made those nine moves. I kept Jerome Baker and I cut uh, Byron Jones after June 1st in the tool over on Track, and that saves the Dolphins 14 additional million dollars in cap space. So if you get rid of Byron Jones, you just have to wait for that one. That unfortunately, there's no fast track to getting Byron Jones off the books because they restructured his contract last year and it did not end particularly well. Uh, obviously, he did not play a snap for the Dolphins. If you were to try to move on from him pre-June 1st, you could save $4 million in dead cap, but it's about $14 million in uh, void cap. And, and if you move him after June 1st, they split that dead cap hit across two years instead of one. It goes down to 4.7 in dead cap this year. You save 14, but then you take the $10 million dead cap in 2024. And that just is what it is. So you could get up to... 75. You could have ample spending power. Now, this conversation is not about draft capital and, and that sort of thing, but the Dolphins, as far as players, you can do a lot of damage with $55, $60 million in cap space. A lot of damage. 
So the Dolphins, you know, this discussion about the salary cap space that they have, and they've emptied the chamber and boxed themselves into a corner, and they're no better off than the team that they were when they decided to hit rebuild in the first place. I think those things personally are fundamentally untrue. I see the appeal of the roster. I see the amount of talent here. That's what makes this collapse such a gut punch because you're underachieving, dramatically underachieving relative to the talent that you have on the roster. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the leading odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. They have it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I took that foundation and I plugged some players back into the matrix. You can go to SpotTrack.com. They have the roster management tool. You can finagle the dollars. You can find out what players have good restructure opportunity. If you don't know how to look at the specific details of the contracts and make those judgments for yourself, you can see, well, if I cut a player, trade a player, restructure a player, how much money can I get myself? And it keeps a really nice transaction log and, and debit for you. I ended up getting the Dolphins to about $56 million in cap space and then signed the following players back from this year's team. Nick Needham, Duke Riley, Andrew Van Ginkle, Raheem Mostert, Thomas Morstead, Trent Sherfield, Elijah Campbell, Justin Bethel, special teams, special teams, special teams, Jeff Wilson, and Brandon Shell. And the end is I have 46 players under contract, and the Dolphins have $38 million in cap space still at their disposal to add new players. And if you're wondering what $38 million can get you, Let's just look at Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead's signed a five-year, $75 million contract this season. And his cap hit was less than $4 million. Now, Teron has a big year next year. He also has a $9 million roster bonus that the team, if they can commit themselves to having Teron Armstead around for more than just next season, they could feasibly reallocate that roster bonus, kick it down the road, and create even more cap space for themselves. But case in points, five years, $75 million. And the way that they structured the deal, there was $43 million in guarantees, a signing bonus of $12 million, and a cap hit of $4 million this year. So think about the Dolphins signing all those players back, reworking those contracts, getting up to 55 million and then bringing players back. And now you're at 37 player like Teron Armstead, you got under contract for $4 million. And this Dolphins team is in a different stratosphere mentally from a team building perspective than where they were before. It's important context. This Dolphins team is now in a position where they want to start to lean into some of the things that they did when Mike Tannenbaum was running the show, as far as being aggressive with the salary cap. We haven't touched void years. Void years are years in which you can bake cap hits for players to pay them more money up front, but the player's not under contract and you just eat the cap hit regardless after the player's contract expires. The Dolphins have not started to do that very frequently. There's some dabbling in it. These things are going to come into play. 
no, the Dolphins are going to make 15 draft picks on the weekend at the end of May. But they will be players for any player that they want to pursue. They will have the ability, and probably several of them, to bring quality starters into the fray. Now, you're going to have to be selective there because as we went through, you got a couple coaches we anticipate we're going to need. You kicker, you probably two corners, minimum. You need probably two linebackers, minimum. You might need a defensive end. You might need a pass rushing interior guy. You definitely need at least one starting caliber player on your offensive line to add to the mix. You need to rework the tight end room. In this scenario, I re-signed the backs from last year's team. You might want to add a third player to that group. That's a little bit more dynamic. And then you have the decision at quarterback. And I know there's, there's a lot of avid to a tongue of a little fans. Just know we're going to entertain all possibilities in the NFL multiverse. So don't please don't take it personally when I say that. Oh, and I, and I don't usually feel compelled to have to say that, but I understand two is a little different beast. I think you can win games with Tua Tagovailoa, but the durability and the instability at the quarterback position has created a lot of flux for this Dolphins team. And this Dolphins team is going to go into this offseason having to make a fifth-year option of $20-plus million fully guaranteed in a one-year contract extension for Tua. You're certainly not signing to the contract extension. This is why we were apprehensive about having that conversation because you need as much information as you can get with young quarterbacks. And if this team, with the leadership that's in place, depending on what happens with Chris Greer. And I don't know that Chris Greer is going to get the opportunity to continue to push the team forward because they might evaluate and decide we need a new perspective for this new chapter and to execute some of the things that we are discussing here on the show. Whoever it is that's the general manager might evaluate this roster, might look at what's out there and want to go in a different direction. It's a possibility. We have to acknowledge the possibility. And we have to be prepared for all the outcomes. What I can tell you based off of doing this show is the possibilities for the Dolphins to be players in March for impact players is endless. It is endless, the amount of possibilities that the Dolphins can, can bring themselves to. And they will not have to sacrifice significant players to do it. Underperforming role players is the only players that we've discussed at all in here parting ways with. If I had my way, I'd have all those guys off and probably a few more. I'd extend it beyond Durham Smythe and Cedric Wilson and Jason Sanders and Keon Crossan and Seething Carter. Probably look at a couple other players as well. But let's start with that and know this. The myth has officially been busted. The Dolphins didn't empty their chamber and leave themselves with nothing to do and nothing to work with this offseason. Quite the contrary. The way that they structured a couple of these big money deals like Bradley Chubb, Teron Armstead, Tyreek Hill, they've positioned this Dolphins team to snap their fingers like Thanos and manufacture tens of millions of dollars in cap space. And if they structure the deals in which the way they structured the Teron Armstead deal, guess what? That means magically you can bring in several impact players at any position and continue to improve this roster. Who has the opportunity to do that? We're going to continue to evaluate. We'll look at the entire body of work of general manager Chris Greer. We're going to look at the body of work of some of the other key players. We'll look at the body of work of Mike McDaniel all season. We'll look at the body of work of Josh Boyer all season. We'll look at the body of work of Danny Crossman across his entire career. We're going to look at all those things, then we're going to look at players. 
That's what the offseason's for. We're going to turn the intensity up to 11. And that's why I challenged you guys yesterday on the show. Fall in love with the process of building a team. Take this trip with me. This is a critical juncture of this team. Emotionally and distance myself a little bit. Bring a very, put myself in the GM shoes. That's what I'm going to do on the show. And ask those questions and explore those hypotheticals. And come up with opinions and I'll let you form your own opinions. We'll see what path the Dolphins choose to take throughout the multiverse to get this team over the hump that they have now seemingly been stuck on for three seasons and counting. But make no mistake, this nucleus is exponentially better than the 2018 end-of-season roster, beginning-of-season roster. The last four years have positioned this team well to make the jump, but you have to push the right buttons. And we have to ask ourselves who should be at the controls of each key spot of this franchise to get that done. So we're going to look for here on the show. Kyle Krabs, appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Talk to you all again tomorrow.